0: Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this gift of being able to come together as your people, where we discover from you that you have our interests at heart. As we reflect on this idea of freedom, this freedom that you give us, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us and help us to understand what it means to be free because of what Jesus has done for us. Help us to see how this lives out in our daily lives now. And loving Father, we pray that you continue to be with us, that you help us in all things, be with those people who are going through difficulties at the moment. We also give you thanks for those who, have, who feel blessed. And loving Father, may your Holy Spirit interact with our spirit. So as we live, we reflect you in the places we go. Amen. The idea of freedom is one that is can be quite challenging. You know, as I mentioned at the start, you know, one person after a sermon on freedom that I preached was said, Well, Christians are not real it's not really free. I can't do whatever I like. And our text in Romans is actually addressing that issue where Paul is talking to the early church um, in Rome and he's talking about grace and you've got this wonderful gift of grace. And it's almost as if someone says, Oh, that means I can go and continue sitting and do whatever I like and God's still going to love me and I'm going to be in heaven. And he said, well, hold on a moment, that's not necessarily how things should pan out. And we'll talk about that a bit more. And when we think about freedom, we need to remember also that we have this freedom that comes from Christ. And that's what we need to centre our freedom on, that this is a gift from Christ. Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free the truth will set you free. And as we begin to unpack this concept of freedom as a Christian, I invite you to reflect on three questions. Three questions which you'll see the reason for as we we continue the sermon. First of all, what does freedom in Jesus look like in your life? What does freedom in Jesus look like in your life? The second question is, what are you chained to that helps you have a good relationship with Jesus and other Christians what are you chained to that helps you have a good relationship with Jesus and other Christians and the last question is really where the freedom focus comes from tonight is what are you chained to that is a hindrance to you having a good relationship with Jesus and other Christians what are you chained to that is a hindrance to you having a good relationship with with Jesus and other Christians. One of the most famous people who has talked a lot about freedom is Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela um, professed to be, confessed and professed to be a Christian, um, was quite a quite high-profile high person who was in prison for his stance against apartheid and things he did in that stance against apartheid. And when he stood up, when he was released he made this statement and a few others. And one of those, this statement is, as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I, had, I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. In other words, he recognised that, yes, he had physical freedom, freedom from jail, but he also recognised there was a great danger that he could hold on to the, to the, the hurts the mistrust, the, the beatings that he received, the punishments he received, which many of them he probably felt were unjust and others did as well. And he could hold on to them and wanted revenge, but then he wouldn't have true freedom. And I encourage you to think the same, is are you holding on to anything, which is meaning you don't have true freedom? Mandela himself wrote a fair bit about freedom and he said one of the other things about freedom, he said, um, being released from prison doesn't mean you're free to do anything. And if you think about it, being released from any prison. And I've heard this from other people and I actually had a person who had been in prison and I talked to and he said one of the things that he actually found being released from prison meant he had other responsibilities now. And so this idea of freedom is not about you can do whatever you like. It's not about being a person that can do whatever they want to do. And it's also not about holding on to stuff that makes you anger or bitter. The idea that freedom is, I can do whatever I want, is not reality. Now, think about it. Think about if um, your kids, if you had kids, or your next-door neighbour could do whatever they liked, Right? That wouldn't be true freedom. It would be cause some problems and hurts for society. Think about if um, Danny over here decided he could drive on whatever side of the road he wanted, at whatever speed he wanted. Right? goes, oh, I'm free, I can do whatever I like. It cause chaos, wouldn't it? Well, as a Christian, the same can be said. You know, we have this, this statement that we're freed from sin, death and the power of the devil um, because we're free because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross doesn't mean we are actually led and able to do whatever we like remember this first of all we are always attached always committed always loving or all de- always dependent on some things some ideas some people some experiences some past or even some goals and all we are attached to those things and the difficulty is that sometimes these things are good they're actually helpful in our life Um, Michael Foss wrote a book and has done a lot of work, he's a Lutheran pastor in America, done a lot of work on holy habits or good discipleship habits, praying daily, worshipping weekly, um, reading and studying the scriptures with others, serving in your local church and the wider community, um, giving of your time, talents and treasures generously, being in good healthy relationships with Christians and other people for a Christian purpose and also... Um, sharing the good news. All those are good, healthy habits that we can be attached to and should be part of our lives, provided we do that in a way with a focus on Jesus, and not to focus on ourselves and say, "Look how good a person I am." You know, but we can also be attached to things, and sometimes it can be ideas, and sometimes they could have been, may have been, good ideas for a certain time, but they're actually detrimental to our relationship with God and detrimental to our relationship with people. In one of the congregations, when I before I came here, there was a gentleman in the congregation who was attached to the idea that the congregation as a whole should have a say in everything. And the more we talked with him, we soon discovered that what he meant was the congregation should vote on every little decision, including what brand of coffee we should have at morning tea, and he held this idea. He said, it's only a true Christian group if people have a say in everything. And I went, oh, I don't think that's the case. Right? And it was a kind of an interesting discussion. Um, and what was the, I'll say, the circuit breaker in that was somebody else said to him, can you show me where that is in the Bible? And he went, oh, oh. But he's, he'd lived with this view because he'd grown up in a little congregation in the country which had a small number of people that they would have a meeting after church about every decision they had to make. And he thought that's how church should be. So that's an idea he was attached to. And in doing that, he was becoming less and less liked. And it was not less about Jesus and more about this idea. I'd encourage you to think about is what are the things you're attached to or committed to or in love with? What are the ideas and that you're holding on to, or the people you are dedicated to. What are the experiences that affect you, that continue to affect you? Like Nelson Mandela had some pretty bad experiences. And what he recognised, it was important to let go, important to forgive because of those experiences. So another way to look at freedom is this. Christian freedom is not being attached to nothing, but being attached to those things that give a healthy, eternal, life-giving and graceful relationship with Jesus and other Christians. Think about the things that you can do, the things you are doing, that can give up this healthy relationship with Jesus. In my past congregation, one of the, and this is over six years ago now, but in my past congregation, um, I had a, a staff member in the school who said, one of the challenges they faced was they were mixing regularly with non-Christians who are staff members. And they were starting to pick up ideas that were um, very critical of the church, very critical of Christianity. And they recognised they were listening more to them than they were to the Bible or the church. Now, they could have cut themselves off from those people, but what they did was actually say, when I'm talking, when I'm listening to those people, I need to be an influencer of those and help them see that there is another way to look at things. And the way they were able to deal with that and do with that was gauge more with Bible studies within the congregation and be more focused and prayer within the community prayer and spending a bit more time with worshipping Christians rather than people who weren't worshipping Christians. But they didn't neglect those people, they just wanted to influence and see that relationship in a different way. And so they didn't actually fully detach, but they detached in a particular way in saying, look, I'm not going to allow them to influence my view of church or Christianity because they actually don't have a, a good informed view and not a view that leads me to a good healthy relationship with Jesus. You see, Christian freedom is about being attached to the things that help us connect with Jesus, help us connect with the church community, help us connect with other Christians, and help us have a graceful position of life. And so we come to our reading from Romans chapter 6, and remember the background to that which I talked about at the start of the sermon. Paul is talking to the early church in Rome, and they're starting to get the concept of grace, that they are saved by grace. You now they've got this freedom because of Christ. They don't have to worry that their sins are going to be a problem with them and God because Jesus has paid the price for their sins on the cross and through the empty tomb. But then the question arises ah, does that mean, and it's a very self centered question, does that mean I can now go and do whatever I like? And Paul addresses this by the following. He first talks about this, he says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. I actually find it very interesting that he uses this term, you were free from the control of righteousness. You were free from the guidance, the love of God, but you're slaves to sin. You are connected and attached to sin. You're connected and attached to those things that are going to lead to death. And there are many people who are connected and attached to things that lead to death. That's their focus. That's where they put their hope and their life. A number of years ago, quite a number of years ago now, um, there's a gentleman called Rene Rivkin who was a stockbroker in Sydney and he was on a on Andrew Denton's show at that time called Enough Rope. And in the interview, he actually admitted that he had sought and focused his entire life on making money and accumulating wealth. And he, in that focus, he said, and he said the saddest things is, as you talk with a couple of other successful or apparently successful business people, they said they've got there, but now they feel empty. It hasn't given them contentment. It hasn't given them life. He goes, I don't know what will. Because he's attached himself to something that's not life-giving, and he's dedicated to that, and he made decisions to make sure he gets enough money and as much things as possible. He is absolutely empty. So I encourage you to think about is what in our lives or what are us to think about, what in our lives is leading us away from Jesus and his gift of eternal life. What are you focused on that leads you away from this Jesus who loves you, the Jesus who gives you grace, the Jesus who wants you to have eternal life and a Jesus who wants you to share that generously with people in the world. But Paul goes on and talks about this a bit further and he says, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, so here we are talking about free with God but we're now slaves with God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it's important to understand that we don't earn this eternal life. Being a slave, being a servant, which some translations have, and I think you know, talking to people outside the church, it's probably better to talk about being a servant, is being a servant to God because of the gift of eternal life, how good it is. And being focused on that and allowing... Um, God's gift of eternal life to be your focus, but also shape who you are, how you go about life, how you respond to bad things in, in, when, when they occur in life, how you respond to the people you live with. I encourage you to think about your next week. What does it mean for you to connect to Jesus and the freedom he gives? What does it mean for you to um, sh- reflect Jesus, reflect his grace, love and mercy in the, the week you've got ahead of you? And you might start thinking, well, that's not freedom. That sounds like a bunch of rules. Well, it becomes a bunch of rules if we do it begrudgingly. And because of sinful nature at times, we will do it a bit with begrudgingly because we think we're missing out on things. But the truth is, the more we focus on, the more we listen to, and there's story after story that come through, the more we allow Jesus' grace to affect who we are, the less that becomes a burden. And one person who um, is quite significant in this area of freedom, there's many stories, but is a person called Alice Cooper. Some of you may know Alice Cooper, a shock rocker. right? But he's not only a shock rocker, he's a Christian. He was actually born into a Christian family, but he was not always focused on Jesus, always focused on God's love and grace, and always living that particular Christian viewpoint but now he does and he says he's gained freedom from Christ which actually gives him freedom in other things because instead of having to live up to the image of being the shock rocker out in the public and doing the shocking things to have people, he now wants to reflect Christ as much as possible even as a shock rocker and so he's one of the most significant things that come out of him, he's a Sunday school teacher. And as I read that, I thought, would the LCA accept him as a Sunday school teacher? Because of his habits. Because he had a drug habit, he had an alcohol habit, he had problems which he now recognised were all caused by him focusing on other things apart from Jesus. But more importantly, the way his freedom has affected his life It's not just going teaching Sunday school, but more importantly, he's developed um, this social activist group which is about helping future rockers see you don't have to live up to the image of taking drugs, drinking alcohol, and being a bad person, but there is Jesus who has given you the gift of music. And he's got this group, I think it's called Rock Solid, which has got some other secular musicians who are confessing Christians, he's got them together and they are involved in helping people and there's quite a number of interviews of him on Google about his Christian journey and there's even an interview if you want to know why he continues to be Alice Cooper or the image of Alice Cooper um, whilst he's a Christian and his whole view is this is that this places him in a position where he can minister to others and help others know his grace, God's grace Behind everything for him now is Christ has freed him for a good life. A good life to look forward to in eternity, but a good life to live now. A good life to help others know about. And so he allows his relationship with Jesus to affect who he is and the way he goes about life. And the most biggest change for him is that him being a shock rocker is not his identity anymore. It's just something he does his identity is a child of God, somebody who is loved by God, somebody who is forgiven by God. And so what does all this mean for us as we live, live as Christians? First of all, recognise what you're attached to for life. Recognise the idols you have. Recognise the things you are committed to or the beliefs or the things that are holding your life and ask these two questions. Is, are they leading me away from Jesus or are they leading me to Jesus? Try to let go of the things that lead you away from Jesus and grab hold of those things that connect you to Jesus. Secondly, focus on what freedom in Christ leads you to doing. Martin Luther wrote a a fairly major piece called The Freedom of a Christian Around the Time of the Reformation. And one of the whole, the kind of the mini thesis of that is a, a Christian is a slave to nobody but a servant to everyone. And that idea that as a Christian um, we have got we we are free because of what Christ has done for us. But that leads us to living a life of serving as Christ served us. And thirdly, live knowing that you are ultimately free from the judgment of sin because of Jesus. Free knowing that the sins in your life are not going to stop you having eternal life. If you trust in Jesus, because that's the whole mission of Jesus, to come to earth, to pay the price for our sins so that we can have eternal life. It's the whole mission for, that we benefit from. And so I want to finish with one text from Paul as well on freedom. It comes from Galatians chapter 5. The church in Galatia were a community that were being affected by people are saying, ah, oh, this freedom from God is not good enough, you need to do more. And so Paul writes to him and says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. One of the challenges that Paul constantly had was he was dealing with Christian communities who were picking up both Jewish and other what we call secular beliefs in the way you can be loved by God. And both of those had this thing of You need to earn something. You need to prove something. And what he was reminding them and he reminds us is that we don't have to prove anything to God to gain salvation, to gain this free gift of eternal life. It is given to us. And so let's, as we live in the world, live with that hope of guarantee, but also as we live in the world, let's be people who use that freedom like Nelson Mandela did, for good, to bless and benefit others. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of freedom you give us. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us so that as we live, we we live with your concept of freedom, a freedom that gives us a beautiful gift, a gift of eternal life that only you can make possible. Help us to share that with everyone we meet. And Lord, help us to to be content with the gift of freedom you give us so that as we live, we live with a focus on you and we live sharing you generously to whoever we encounter. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.